0: I think when we're dealing with stressful situations and circumstances and people in our lives, we're often turning towards um, answers, mm. and we can certainly turn towards astrology to help us with that. Um, and as a tool, t- in order to answer those difficult questions. I think that's why it's often portrayed, like you say, as quite negative because mm. we're in a negative zone. You know, we, we often, let's face it, we don't always, I mean, I do, but we, because I'm lucky enough to have the knowledge, but not everyone goes to astrology to look for the good things. Yeah. We often go to these things when we're feeling crappy, lost for direction. So. Yes, and we're looking for an out, right, mm. which is awesome. Mm. But then that does lend us to look at astrology from a negative kind of bent where we're like oh you know saturn's about to get on my son oh mm. no it's all doom and gloom well no <laughs> um let's reframe that in a more positive way because everything is like yin and yang from a nature yeah. perspective
1: you're listening to christy unedited the podcast and i'm your host christy gray As the name suggests, we do things unedited around here. You can expect to hear open and authentic conversations with a side of real talk. Join me as I explore a wide variety of topics within the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. So I am here with the beautiful Narelle today, a Narelle and I met... It must be a bit, almost like six months ago now I was
0: thinking it was at least a few months Exactly, yeah. half a year
1: Yeah, I think so And um, I actually stumbled across Narelle quite by accident And I'm so excited that we get to have a conversation today with each of you Because I get to feel very enlightened when I spend, you know, once every three to four weeks with Narelle um, Learning all things astrology and human behaviour and personal development or whatever you want to call it Um, with her, however, I think when I first stumbled across Narelle was I'd been to a psychic reading and the psychic had told me my study wasn't over and I was devastated because I feel like I've been studying for like 5 million years. And um, I was led to crystal healing and realized after I became a crystal healer that I did not want to be a crystal healer.
0: More learning
1: required. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I was like, but I kept coming back to astrology. And then the more I dug into how much astrology has been in my life for really at least the last five years, it was astounding. And it's one of those moments where you go, This is actually really prevalent in my life, but it's right in front of my face. And why am I not looking at, like, I didn't even look at it. And so I remember the time I was, like, getting online and I was like, how can I learn to become an astrologer? And your website came up. I didn't even read about you. I just knew straight away that you were meant to be in my life some way, shape or form. I'm pretty sure I told you when I first (laughs) met you, you were like my spirit guide. (laughs) And here we are. So, Yeah. yeah. So... This is kind of how our journey began and I not only get to learn from Narelle, which I absolutely love and adore, um, also too I get to share her insights and an incredible wealth of experience with you today. So, fantastic yeah so anyway I've kind of probably laid the foundation <laughs> for our conversation today but I would love you to um, give everybody an insight into a little bit about you Norel. you've got an amazing journey and background and um, I think that you will be able to give some great insight into your journey and what led you to this point that you're at today which is Far more than astrology.
0: It is far more than astrology. I think um, I actually started out when I was about 15 years of age, and I actually remember looking at myself in front of the mirror, and I wonder if anyone else kind of relates to this, and I I looked into my eyes and I just thought, there's more, there's more, there's just more than just this physical kind of body and I just felt you know there must be a soul here like there's just something larger than myself and I just recall doing that when I was about 15 and so I guess really in some ways that's where my inquisitive kind of journey looking at things more from a soul kind of centered what the meaning of life why are we here kind of thing was born um however I didn't go straight into astrology I actually um started working at the local newspaper on the Gold Coast typesetting ads wow and so what was really interesting and I think is is something that's really been part of me throughout is the teacher in me so I I very quickly within six months of of working at the local newspaper I was training um women that were three times my age on yeah. on how to do things so That um, then led me to go and work in the hospitality industry for a few years, Um, so I upped my kind of PR skills and talking in front of people and and doing all of those kinds of fun. Well, the fun things with PR is actually really entertaining people and meeting some really interesting people. So that was fun for a while. And then um, when I was probably in my mid to late 20s, that's when I went, hmm, still searching for something a little bit more meaningful. And that's when I went and studied naturopathy for a few years, which is an interesting timeline when we go back to astrology because around about 28 years of age, 28, 30 years of age, we often kind of meet a time where we start reframing what our life means and have I achieved what I wanted to do? And, oh hang on a minute, I'm an adult, Ah. (laughs) no longer a kid, so... Um, around that age, I decided, hmm, yeah, I think I'll go and study naturopathy. So, did that full time for about three years, and that I think really opened the doorway to wanting to understand people more, what makes us tick, um, and understanding, I guess, why we become ill mm. on a physical level but also a, what you know I refer to as a psycho-emotional level. You know, like why do we feel like we feel and why do we attract certain people and situations into our lives and, oh, my God, why does this keep on happening to me? Yeah. So that really, studying naturopathy and particularly the counselling side of psychology opened that doorway and that led me to want to... Study and find more therapies and techniques, a bit like yourself. Hmm. <laughs> Crystal therapy,
1: let's check that out. <laughs> flower essences are great. Ah, Have you ever tried flower essences? No, but it's so interesting you say that because I went on a bit of a Google down, like a Google rabbit hole, I think it was about eight months ago in flower essences. Oh, there you go. And I was actually going to start dabbling in them, and I was like, Hold your horses, Christy. Not another thing. <laughs> okay, I can help you out with that. We, yeah. can, we, can, we can
0: read a chart and then choose the flower essences that are required.
1: Ah, oh, I love that. I, I hadn't thought about that. I what's know. your, um, we'll deviate for a moment. Yes, <laughs> it's so um, easily done. What, um, what's your
0: favourite flower essence to work with? Oh, my goodness. Flower essence-wise, I think, um, oh, God, now I've got to try and do it off the top of my head, but one of them is uh, agrimony. And oh. um, you can check this up, double check me, because I'm doing it off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure you'd see or or scleranthesis. It's one of the ones where um, we smile, but... Inside, where you know, crumbling. So it's kind of, you know, putting on a happy face, but really, I'm really sad and depressed.
1: So I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's either agrimony or scleranthesis. Look it up. Yeah, I will. I'll look uh, it up, and I might even put it in the show notes yes, so that people do. can um, go and actually explore it a little bit further. So they're under bark. B A C H. Bark flower essences. Yes, because that was the brand I stumbled across <gasps> when I started googling. There you go. They're like the best to use, apparently. Yes. Yeah, from England.
0: Although there's these amazing Australian flower essences as well. So there's kind of rationale for us being Australians to use flower essences from our own country. But, you know, personal experience, I can say bark flowers Mm -hmm. work as well. But maybe that's because I've got a bit of English in me as well. I love
1: that. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Um, With your, like, um, because I know we've spoken about this before, like with your... um, Do I want to say, like, naturopathy? It's naturopathy. Naturopathy. You can pronounce it naturopathy. (laughs) It sounds very (laughs) (laughs) bogged. Naturopathy. Naturopathy. Uh, Naturopathy. I'm not even going to keep going with this one there. Um, That obviously started to pave the way. Like, that was like your foundation for kind of moving into this new direction, essentially, and starting to connect everything like mind, body, spirit, all together. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. And how long um, were you practicing that? Like, I know that that I would imagine that's still like a lifelong practice for you, (laughs) but doing that as more of a career um stint like how long were you in that realm for? Yeah, I um I
0: Exactly. Um, It is ongoing. But uh, from the mid-90s, I was practising till about the mid-2000s. So I taught naturopathy, so I taught at the schools. Hey, there you go, the good old teacher teacher comes out again. I think everything that I've studied I've I've had to teach (laughs) Mm. because it's just my natural disposition to want to pass on information. I think that's the key. Um, And uh, hopefully people gain gain something out of listening to you um and so yeah so i guess i i did that for a good decade or more wow. Yeah, Yeah. wow. So seeing clients um, and teaching um, and running clinics and supervising students in clinical situations here on the Gold Coast.
1: Mm. And then um, what was like, what came after that? Because you have um, got this amazing like marketing and PR background and then you went into naturopathy, naturopathy, Naturopathy. my goodness, I need to learn how to say that, I probably should have tried that before we jumped on today, but anyway, and then you like go into this beautiful direction of astrology, like how, like what was that pivotal moment for you that led you to that place? Yeah, well
0: I think it was actually during the time that I was teaching, so this was in the early 2000s, Yeah. and um, I was just, uh, with my work within naturopathy, I was always looking to understand people better and like let's just say somebody comes and they've got um an earache I'd be like thinking hmm what don't you want to hear you know what's Mm. what are people saying to you that you don't want to hear and you keep on getting ear infections so I was always looking for Mm. that psychological link that was going on with people's physical symptoms And certainly naturopathy teaches us a lot about that, but I was looking for another kind of technique that gives us a window and a quick insight into these um, things about ourselves. And so I went searching, a bit like yourself, did a bit of Googling (laughs) and um, found an astrologer on the um, Gold Coast who taught... Um, astrology at the level of looking at it, it kind of the soul level, mm-hmm. and that's what drew me. So I was sold, and like in 2002, I think I just I was I was ravenous. I was just, and I studied for you know good into 2002 2005 2006 before I actually started practicing wow yeah yeah so um I, I spent a lot of time um gathering the knowledge and it's like you know you still use it but I didn't actually transition from being a naturopath more into being astrologer and I think that pivotal point was over that um what was that five six or so years of studying and learning astrology I just found it was so useful and I and because my inference was always when people or clients were coming to see me it's like yeah but what psycho is going on for you that's affecting your physical health and once you started working with that people would heal so it's like hmm I think this is where I really want to focus on and so yeah around 2005 I actually transitioned into more full-time being an astrologer and and more on the counselling side of my naturopathic practice.
1: That's just such a beautiful alignment. Mm. But if I hadn't known that I wouldn't have even thought that those two coincide but it actually makes complete sense really it does and, that, and that's I think naturopathy the way
0: it's sold is it's so physically based but when you're trained in in to be a naturopath maybe you just call it a naturopath that's easy yeah yeah you know, right? I'm gonna you, do that yeah, just call <laughs> it a naturopath um <laughs> but as a naturopath I think most people think, oh, you're going to change my diet, you're going to give me some herbs and supplements. But in our training, we have like a whole year just on psychology and counselling as well. So it's a
1: huge part of our training as naturopaths. Wow, I didn't even know that. I know, there you go, see? See, that would make total sense though, because you're you're looking at it from, you're looking at somebody and their health from a holistic perspective, which so much comes back to mind and mindset and how we internalise things, so... Yeah, that's, that's it. That makes total sense. It does. Yeah. Because it's like that,
0: you know, the, what's the saying, you know, we are what we eat? Yeah, but we are what we think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: you know, it's it's like one of my slogans um, is, you know,
1: 99% of the solution is in this state of mind. So, oh, yes. And I, we're recording this um, on the aftermath of the Scorpio new moon. And yes, so, <laughs> exactly what's going on in our minds. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> and you've now got this beautiful. Um, other layer to what you do now because you are always avidly researching and um with your phd in psychology yes that's it so i think
0: it's interesting isn't it being um having such a love of information and knowledge and therefore teaching i guess i'm also the perpetual student as as well so um it's it's just part of gathering information to be able to pass it on as a teacher so um, I got to the year 2015, so uh, about 10 years in. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so uh, mm, there's something about mm. that cycle, isn't it? <laughs> Probably about 10 years or so in naturopathy and then um, about a good decade um, in doing astrology. And um, I went, hmm, I just want a little bit more. And mm. so I made the huge decision in 2015 um, to go back to uni and study a degree in psychology, (laughs) which I've done, um, with honours. So that took... about three and a half years to get the honours components of Bachelor in Psychology. And now, because that's, you know, not enough, mm. <laughs> <laughs> on, to do, on to do a bit more um, and doing my clinical PhD now. And that's all about stress and coping in relationships. I, I just think it's such an important area for us to understand how to communicate more effectively with each other um, and uh, have, um, you know, just... Happy, more content relationships, and and know how to navigate conflict more successfully. You know,
1: mm, I think two things that show up quite a lot online. Um, if I ever like put it out to you know anybody um, in the community, or you know even if it's with my clients. A couple of things that always come up is how can I communicate more effectively, which <laughs> yes. is exactly what you've just said? Yeah. And, um, you know, how, how does that put me in the best possible position? And then also, too, is how do I then apply it? Yes. It's right? In the
0: application. That's yeah. It's tricky business.
1: It's like just not just knowing, it's like how do you actually do it? Because I think, you know, we're really lucky. We have Google, we have so much information, mm. and everybody gives you a new concept, idea, or skill. But then it's like how do I actually implement it? So it actually creates impact. Yeah, that
0: it that it sticks, and mm. that impact is something that's um re- is rewarding. You know, it's worthwhile. And, and I think so often when we apply new um, techniques, there's a you know a few stumbling blocks that have to happen. Um, I liken it to you know when we first maybe learn how to tie our shoelaces when we're little you know do we necessarily get it straight away no you know mm. we fumble around in it and and then you know look at us now totally can tie shoelaces mind you i don't have many that need to tie <laughs> anymore most of them are just lip-ons now yeah. but, but at least i do, still know how to do that so i think it's the same when we're looking at communication techniques and learning to improve the way we relate to one another it's something that we trial and try something on and, and when it doesn't work, I think sometimes we use that a yard, as a yardstick to think that we're off track mm. and often we're not and I think astrology gives us some insight into that when we read our charts and understand what kind of is coming up in the cycles for us we really start to understand Hmm, am I on track and just stumbling a bit and I need to keep on applying you know I need to keep on building that muscle so I master the ability of whatever you know I'm doing or is it something like oh shoot, I'm really off track here. You know, I'm down the dirt road and I've got dust everywhere and I can't see where I'm going. And it's like, yep, yep, hollering out, yep, you're in the wrong direction, come back. And astrology is such a a cool technique that helps us
1: to kind of decipher and navigate our lives a lot better. Mm, And I think that's why I'm so drawn to not just astrology in my life and learning from you and looking at ways I can apply it, because it gave me so much certainty. Like, astrology just made me feel really supported by Mm. the universe (laughs) um, or you know however you want to frame it but I love being able to share that with others and then see that transcend for them in their lives because Mm. I think that it is such a powerful tool and it can powerful tool um, and it can just help guide you Mm. and create almost a framework for your life if you know how to navigate it correctly.
0: Yeah absolutely it does and when you're reading your child something that I'd add on to what you just said Christy is is that when when somebody reads your chart, um, you know when the person's saying something that's just resonating to your core versus, yeah, you know, that's not quite right. So, so I think you know when somebody has a really good understanding of astrology and can gain that insight into your chart, you know that yeah, this is. This is it's hitting home. Yeah, mm. This is hitting home. And and you can build your confidence in knowing, oh, hang on a minute, there is really something to this astrology stuff and I can use it as a guide and I can feel more certain about my trajectory, and, you know, about that pathway forward, which way am I going. And even though I might be getting other messages to say, oh, my God, I'm really stumbling here, but it's like that confidence that you're talking about to say, no, no, you, you're on the right track, keep going, you know, it's a normal process to um have kind of certain things in our lives that that are challenging
1: Because on the other side of that is the fact that we build resilience. Mm, Which is another layer to what I think so many people are craving today is how can I build more resilience Mm -hmm. to bounce back quicker or whether it be in career or relationships or personal life or whatever it may be. I think in the digital age that we're connected in, we're craving how do we keep our cup full and bounce back quicker and deal with all of life's demands. Astrology, it could be pretty stressful. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I think if I didn't know as much insight as you had given me into astrology, <laughs> I might have given up on a few things this year. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, no, hang in there. Yeah, totally. And I,
0: I, think the real key to that often is, is not only when we're looking in an astrology chart, it's, it's what we call the natal chart, right? Yeah. So we look at that natal chart, which is basically. In layman's terms, it's a horoscope chart, right? Mm. It's it's those funny glyphs that are put on a page. And when we're reading that, like what's our sun sign, which is often called, oh, what's your zodiac sign? So that's your sun sign. So whether Mm. it's in Aries or Taurus or whatever. When you're reading that, that's all about your personality, like your core components of yourself, your psyche, and why are you the same and why Mm. are you sometimes different to other people, right? Mm. But beyond that, then we can use astrology to not only understand our core self, our personalities, our kind of themes that we keep on playing out. So why is one person, you know, Um, more attracted to that person but less to the other person Mm. or why is that person the president of the United States? Mm, Maybe sometimes shouldn't be. Um (laughs) (laughs) uh, sorry, just got political people. (laughs) Yeah. Um um, versus I've seen his chart, right? So I mean do you know
1: what he's got some similar placements to me. I think I've told you that. Should we be worried? (laughs) Yeah maybe. I actually remember reading some of his natal chart and I was like shit, there's like literally like two or three that are the same and i was like "Mm, i need to tone it down a little bit
0: (laughs) it's certainly the combination right yeah (laughs) um so yeah so why have we got you know certain people that are you know carpenters versus doctors you know we've all got our talents i guess and our our horoscope charts or our natal chart helps us to decipher that but the other gift that astrology gives us is really timing of Mm. um things so i think I think this is how we we know that we can look out at that moon, right? And it's mm. a new moon, and there's a, a full moon. There's a cycle to it, yeah. And lo and behold, us humans have kind of not us people listening, of course, because we're keen and interested in this kind of stuff. But yep. a lot of people are so detached from that; like they've got no idea is it the new moon or the full moon. They, they've really detached from the natural cycles mm. of our planet and as a consequence they maybe aren't in rhythm with that where if you look at animals mollusks and fish and a lot of the animal kingdom are in tune with that cycle they Mm. eat and feed and the tides and all of those things that come from Mm. understanding that cycle and astrology gives us that gift Mm. because we ourselves are part of that Cycle. No matter how much we've detached from it, or I'm no longer aware that it's going on, the reality is it's still going on. And when we read that chart, we tap back into that natural cycle, and then we know. Oh, hang on a minute! This is a time that you know I can hit that that green button and go go go. You know because I know the the cycles and the energies are going to support me in that you know, career choice or that career direction or getting married or having a child or whatever that, you know, life goal is versus, oh, hang on a minute, this is a cycle that's maybe... Mm pull back, you know, this is time to take a if you feel like oh I'm just hitting brick walls, then you know sometimes that is about timing's not right.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Astrology can give us that insight versus those times that I was talking about earlier that oh I'm hitting brick walls and I'm you know I'm getting knocked back. Does that mean I'm not meant to do this? And it's like yeah no so you know when we're reading the chart yes no this is this is your destiny. This is where you're meant to go. But keep on persevering. This is a time of building
1: resilience. You just crap at it. You need to get better at it. Yeah, (laughs) it's so interesting you say that because I was only reading an article yesterday um, and it was like, I can't remember the question that she asked, but she pretty much said, if business isn't working or if something's not working, it's not that you're a failure. Mm. It just means that you need to look at it from a different perspective perspective and actually fine-tune what you're doing Mm. so that you can become better right it's the universe asking you to look at it differently and maybe apply yourself where you may not want to apply yourself because I think as well as human beings we (laughs) tend to avoid what we don't like doing and we always chase what we love doing resistance (laughs) yeah absolutely okay that's such a beautiful way of explaining it too Mm. Narelle is I think that Um, astrology does it just gives us so much insight and Mm. helps to kind of guide us of when things working are working in our favor versus when they're not yeah so astrology's really fashionable at the moment um (laughs) i almost feel like i've tapped into it at this time where everybody's talking about it but like you it's almost like i'm so attracted to understanding more about human behavior Mm. But um, And I have lots of astrology conversations online because I just love talking about it. And I've had some beautiful readings with clients as well. And um, there's just so much information out there. And I don't know, this could just be my perspective, but it's Mm. so easy to get caught up in astrology. And you tend to follow different things because you're searching. But when you come back to looking at a natal chart, like, where would you start and what would you look at and and what would you recommend to help somebody to really, I don't know if it's master any area of your chart because you can never master it. That's (laughs) my Virgo coming out, (laughs) always wanting to master something. But where can you begin and what can you start to look at and explore more Mm -hmm. rather than going down the rabbit hole of, you know, North Node, I know, is really big at the moment. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about North Node, Jupiter, you know, all these planets that are, like, really in our favour, but yeah. where can we begin? Yeah. It was I a very long it's question, it's, sorry. Yeah, <laughs>
0: great, no, great question because yeah. I think it is, you know, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole and then get um, perhaps confused because there's so many, um, in truth, um, to synthesise a whole astrological chart you really do need to be trained, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, I, I think, you know, and that's not to say that there's some probably amazing people out there that can teach themselves and are just very um, minded that way, that that they can do that. But I would say the majority of people, you're better off going and getting, you know, training from somebody um, that can help you with the nuances of synthesising a whole chart. And I hate that for people if they've come with the pre-concept that, Oh, I'll, I'll just look it up online. So I kind of mm. want to premise it. reading an astrology chart is a huge task. <laughs> it's like, I
1: tell everybody it is like learning a new language. Yeah, it is, and right? I can't believe how much I've learned from sitting in our sessions together. Yeah that I was so unaware of and I've been loving astrology for years so that as soon as I started working with you I just knew straight away I was like this is way bigger than I ever anticipated so I'm so glad you pointed that out
0: oh absolutely like I like I said I've been studying astrology now for about what 17 or 20 years and I will still put my hands up and say I'm absolutely fascinated by the fact that what I've learned still continues to work as one. I'd um. hope so. You've dedicated that much time. But it's it's still a, it amazes me, just the gift of it and the insight that it gives us. But also, I can imagine I could spend lifetimes yes. and still not get across everything that there is to learn about astrology. It's just that vast because there's just so many areas that you can go to. That said, I don't want that to daunt anyone from mm. starting the process either, which goes back to answering your original question, where do you start? Yeah. But I just wanted to set the scene so that no one feels like, oh, I can start this and I'll, I'll be able to read a chart. You know, that's that takes a while to kind of get. Um, however, what I'd encourage people to start doing is um, read up on your sun sign mm. Because that's an easy one to do. But then go to a site where you can, you know, get your um, natal chart done up for free. Don't bother paying for it because there's plenty of free sites out there, right? Um, And find out where your moon position is. Now, in order to get your moon moon position, um, you'll need your birth time. So um, because the moon moves across zodiac signs in about two two and a half days so sometimes when you cast a chart your moon will definitely be in a particular zodiac sign because it hasn't moved out of that zodiac sign for the day so you don't need your birth time so much but if you're born on a day where the moon changes sign Mm. it might be in one sign in the morning but in a different sign in the afternoon and if you don't know your birth time (gasps) You've, you've got your moon tr- exactly where is your moon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you might either be one or the other so don't fret if you haven't got your birth time at least you've narrowed it down out of 12 zodiac signs you've narrowed it down to the possibility of two mm. then go and read up about that moon sign and you'll probably err and have one that'll resonate a lot more with you um but if you've got your birth time birth date and place of where you were born, you pop all of that into the computer and it'll draw up a chart and it'll tell you what zodiac sign your moon is in. So then start reading up about that because in actuality, our moon sign is often far more about our instincts and who we really are. It's like this soul receptor of all our lives and who we are to date. Mm. Um, and we're more growing into our sun sign. So, you know, when you read up about your sun sign, if you're like, oh, I'm not quite all of those things. Yeah, cool, because you're probably more your moon sign. That's okay. Mm. And then the next one I'd check out is your ascendant. Now, this one you do need to have your birth time for. And your ascendant sign, also known as your rising sign, is helps us to understand kind of what, what insight does this give us about what kind of persona do we first put on when people meet us? So what's those first impressions like? And so it can be really interesting to read up on that ascendant sign about what kind of first impressions are you putting out there because people mightn't be seeing who you are, you know, in total, which might be more... Reflected in your sun sign and your moon sign, but what's that ascendant
1: sign saying about you mm. know your your first first impressions, the mask that you wear when you first meet people? And it only takes seven seconds to make an imp- like it's yes. it, I think it's seven seconds to make a great first impression. Yeah. But if somebody's normally summed you up within three. <laughs> exactly. How cutthroat is that? Seriously. Like oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and I when you were talking about like moon. I know that I probably embodied more of my moon Up until mm. probably the last five years Where I grew more into my sun sign Like my sun sign would show up So I'm sun in Virgo And so very practical and pragmatic and conscientious And you know likes to do things very black and white a certain way But because my moon is in Aries I jump in with two feet being mm. a fire sign And my <laughs> ascendant is in Leo Most people don't even think I'm a Virgo Until yes. they really get to know me
0: Yeah great. Example, Chrissy, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah.
1: yeah, and your can you share with everybody your sun, moon, and ascendant? I can.
0: So, my sun is in Sagittarius, mm. and my moon is in Gemini. So, that explains a lot about why I'm the teacher and I talk so much, and I've got a great love and enthusiasm for knowledge and um, passing on that knowledge. Um, but interestingly, my ascendant is actually Taurus. Interesting because I've actually never asked you what your yeah, ascendant is. Yeah, so interesting. I know. So my my Taurus rising has a tendency, I guess, to well, here we go because we'll yep. check in with this. Am I speaking the truth or not? Okay, oh, I love this. It comes from the Sun in Sag. Am I speaking the truth? Am I being honest? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that often people will comment like when they first meet me, I come across as quite. Solid, as in not just solid physically, but a solid character. So somebody that you know it seems kind of grounded and um, um there's a, a sense of assured assuredness, you know, yep. there's a comfort zone going on, so but I don't know, is that the case? Would you say you felt pretty comfortable straight around? Oh, totally,
1: yeah, and it was interesting the more I got to know you, the more I saw, I saw the sage right from the beginning, like yeah. that, that embodying that really beautiful philosophical teacher type style but I love that the more I've gotten to know you the Gemini Moon has come yeah. out more <laughs> and more, because I love a chat so <laughs> I'm like, let's do all the (laughs) together. And being an ear sign too, I just find um, with your Gemini moon, it's like we always have lots of fun and we've always got something to talk about. Uh, And we can go on these like little tangents, which I just love, and then kind of bring it back home to where we need to go. Yeah. There's never a dull word. There's lots of banter, right? (laughs) Yeah. Which I think is good, you know. Absolutely. So I love that. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of, you know, that's where somebody can begin. Yeah. But there's so many... Like there's yeah. inner planets, there's outer planets, yeah. there's key placements, there's aspects, like, and that's a lot to digest yeah. as well. So
0: exactly. Weird are from, from there. from <laughs> there. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting because you you actually prompted one that you said is quite popular at the moment, and that is the nodes. And mm. and I guess that's that's the next one I actually would go to because. When you look at the sun and the moon and the ascendant, you can kind of synthesise the information of those three together so it doesn't make the overall chart of reading that, you know, which is a really complex kind of process. You can at least get three, three of those kind of components of the chart down pat and understand them mm. a little bit better, and particularly because they're so personal to us, you know, core parts of our personality. But to stretch it that little bit further, I mean, I love the North Node. It's it's one of the things that I really gravitated um, to. And um, I wrote some oracle cards on it called the Soul Purpose Oracle Cards that are all based on the North and South Node. And and this is why, because it goes beyond, I guess, just our personality or our psyche, but that North Node really gives us insight into what the hell am I here to do? Mm. You know, it's kind of... I. I and... this is very telling because I'm Sagittarius and Sagittarius is always about kind of meaning and purpose. So no surprise that I'm a huge advocate for everyone finding, you know, what's your meaning, what's your purpose in the world. So I think our North Nodes and our South Nodes for that matter help us to understand North Node, where am I going to, and South Node, where have I come from. Mm. So South Node gives us lots of information about, you know, what things have I already learned? What have I mastered already and can draw on in life um, versus the North Node? What, What as a human being am I here to learn and how can I move more towards that? So as you read your North Node, you can get some insight into some of the things that will help you navigate life better from the perspective of not maybe hitting as many brick walls or just feeling more in line and in sync with you know, at your core level at what you're here to do as a a human being. Mm.
1: So would you look at the north node, what zodiac sign it's in, and the same with the south node, and then also look at the house placement it's in as well? Yeah, exactly. So the north node in its zodiac sign Mm. will give us some
0: really interesting um, insight into things that we need to move more to. So I'll I'll give a tangible example of that. Let's say if you've got an... um, a North Node in Aries, um, then you might be moving more towards being autonomous and independent and kind of looking at life from more a, spontaneous, mm. a spontaneity um, rather than... The south node, which will be positioned mm. in Libra, it's always your north node is always in the opposite sign to your south node. So a south node in Libra might tend to suggest that the person has been too reliant on relationships in another person and constantly filling up the other person's needs rather than looking after their own. And this time around they need to approach life more from an independent Not necessarily me first, but this is what I'd like to do. What do you want
1: to do? And Mm. ask the other person, kind of do things from that perspective. And do you think that we... I, I'm just kind of leaning on myself here is that we lean on that south node more because it comes more naturally to yeah, us. Yeah, we can do for sure. I mean, some of us have moved more to our north node, yeah. but I would say the majority of
0: us spend a good 30 or so years in our south node. Yeah, I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and then we go oh, hang on a minute, that's not working for me. Coming at life from that approach, just I just feel like there's a hole, there's something missing, like it's just not working out for me. Every time I approach life, say with that example that I gave, every time I'm more invested in my partner and looking after their needs, I find my relationships fail. Mm. But oh, hang on a minute, I look at my chart, I see I've got a north node in Aries and it's like, Ah, oh, maybe it's more about me being independent. So the next time I partner up with somebody, I'll go, "Oh, this is what I want to do. What do you want to do?" instead of kind of subjugating myself to my partner and always fulfilling their needs first, it's like, and then when you do that, it's like, lo and behold, more successful relationships mm. so I, I think it can be a compass for us. you know that oh, north-south like node, yeah, it can be a compass for helping us navigate. Which approach do I need to take when I'm dealing with, you know, whatever in life? Mm. And then, like you're saying, that that North Node and South Node, for that matter, are in house positions. And so the house position might help us to understand, so what platform, what life arena can I really play this lesson out in so for instance if your north node is positioned in the seventh house then it's more likely that you're going to play that out and learn your biggest lessons in your marriage or committed partnership Mm, because that's the
1: seventh house you gave me a really good analogy i'm going to put you on the spot for a minute oh god (laughs) don't (laughs) ask me to recall that (laughs) (laughs) you gave me a really good analogy of the um houses planets and zodiac signs and how like how to like put them all together yeah um which revolved around the stage yeah i was wondering if you could share that with everybody yeah absolutely um i, I think it,
0: it's just a really nice concept and hopefully everyone will get it when i share it with you is um when you're looking at a, a natal chart it's it's make it made up of core components and those core components are basically uh, the planets and um, the houses and the zodiac signs so I liken that to when we go and watch a play so we're at the theatre and we're watching a, a play on stage so the planets are all about what's the theme of this show that we're about to say so what's the moral of the story you know um is it is it about a a, you know a, a hero you know with trials and tribulations and and coming to successes in life or is it a romantic tale like what is it um and what theme are we are we learning is this all about love And so that's really what our planets give us. Each planet is telling us about the theme in life. So for instance, if we were going to a play that was all about love, that'd be Venus, you know? And if it was all about our emotions and about our security, well, that would be our our moon sign, our moon, sorry, our planet moon which isn't a planet, yeah. but anyway, yeah. you get my guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Just for ahead. those that are being, you know, really sticklers for correctness, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm on the astrology exam board, so sometimes I have to check myself. <laughs> Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, and so then after the themes, then when you look at the stage, there's actors on the stage, right? So that's all our zodiac sign. So every zodiac sign is like an actor or a character um, on that stage. And then lastly, the um, houses are setting the scene. So, of course, that stage its scene can be changed from mm. a bedroom to, you know, outdoors. And so each of the houses is representing a different area in our lives as well that we can platform. Form these themes as well as characters that we play out, mm. and that's why you know, gosh, on that note, I just have to add, I think it's so important that we get and we share with anyone that cares to listen or has a care factor to know um, that when we're reading our sun signs, that is just one element of ourselves, no. we, you know, and I think. Uh, astrology horoscopes kind of get you know bagged as just being rubbish because it's based on oh that's your sun sign no I'm not that and it's like of course you're not just your sun sign you know we've got that's why reading a chart is so complex because you've not only got to consider that sun sign you've got nine other planets that are perhaps in same or different zodiac signs they're all dancing with one another in different ways. Some are opposing each other and battling a bit Mm. and trying to get more airtime on the stage, um, whilst others are kind of, you know, linking arms and singing together and running a ruckus together (laughs) in good and bad ways. So, you know, it takes talent, you know, to be able to understand and bring all those different aspects together to understand how they're interplaying with one another. So it's way beyond just astrology. Mm. Is way beyond just reading that sun sign and thinking every every person in the
1: world comes down to 12 kind of character traits. a oh, 100%. <laughs> and it's like I don't even... I don't really even look at horosc. I don't look at horoscopes yeah. anymore. I actually look once a week um, using the, the app that I use um, for casting a natal chart. I look at the placements here and now, but just to get kind of an overall feel. Yeah. But I resonate more with the moon looking mm. at that and seeing how that plays out because that's really easy. I can kind of look at that on a day-to-day basis because if you're looking at your entire natal chart, it's just like there's a lot going on and yeah. you need to like know <laughs> where to look. And I know we spent some time the last time we were together actually like mapping out what, what does mm. business look like, career yeah. look like for me, especially over the next 12 months. And that was the first time I'd done that with you and that was just super insightful to... See how vast And not only a natal chart is But how vast astrology is And you can really take it in any direction That you want Depending on what you're interested in But it's way bigger than just those key signs People look at It's Oh, it it, it is. You're absolutely right
0: because I'll I'll give you another example uh, beyond obviously the the lovely one that you gave there about business Um, because when you start up a business, that has a birth date Mm. and so the actual business has a chart, like a natal chart to it and so it's an entity unto itself and you know businesses go through good times and bad times and so we can read all about about a business as well so not only you as the individual and your chart in the business but the business itself um same deal with getting married Mm. for those of us listening who are married what date did you get married on? Did you get married on a Mercury retrograde? (laughs) I would not be wanting to do that. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, You really have to work on communication in those relationships, you know. So, I mean, it's not doom and gloom, but we certainly might um, marry on a day that reflects a lot about the type of relationship that we're going into and the lessons and, and challenges and gifts that that gives us as well. So you have a marriage chart and you can go to an astrologer and and say – you know, or oh, maybe I'm going through a bit of a hard time. What's you know what's happening, and work on navigating more successfully through maybe a challenging time as much as the good times that you know are in that marriage as well.
1: Mm, I think the biggest um, appreciation I've had, definitely over the last couple of months, with astrology and you know all the rabbit holes you can go down, is that some of those planets or zodiac signs that I in the beginning, I was like, I do not resonate with this <laughs> one bit. Keep me away. <laughs> from this, <laughs> this person or this planet <laughs> is like i now have such a deep appreciation for either how that person or why mm. that person's the way that they are um or how they're showing up yeah. um or yeah. if the planet like mercury for example because i think we go into mercury retrograde back into next week like i yes. used to freak out about mercury yeah. and be like uh this is not good but whereas now like it's you know knowing how that's how you process information it's your intellect it's how you communicate Mm. like I now have such a deep appreciation for that because I think it links back to human behavior which I love I just geek out on (laughs) yeah Yeah, so it kind of made me go oh shit this planet is actually really cool I just need to learn how to work with it rather than against it yeah that's exactly it like knowing how to
0: utilize a a Mercury um, retrograde, well, and just like you mentioned, you know, at the at the start of November, really first three weeks of November, Mercury is going to be retrograde, and it's retrograding in the sign of Scorpio. So when you start to understand that, you start thinking, oh, okay. So how might I need to review? Because Mercury retrograde is all about reviewing, going back over. Let's revisit. Some of us want to run for the hills. Fair enough. Mm. Um, but really, if we're utilizing that energy to our advantage, then it's go. Oh, okay. I need to review something. What is it that I need to review? The zodiac sign that Mercury is in will help to point towards that. So it's going over Scorpio issues. So if you start thinking about, so what's Scorpio about? Oh my God, Scorpio is about trust. It's about intimacy. It's about passion and desire and um, connecting at things at a deeper level. So, oh, hang on a minute. So maybe I can use it as an opportunity rather than just living on the surface level of certain areas in my life. Maybe I can take a look at where is where can I go deeper? You know, where can I have some more thoughtful um, thoughts, thoughtful thoughts (laughs) and. For even more insight, once you've got your natal chart up, you can also then look at, well, where's Scorpio in my chart? And look at then that's the area in your life. So the house where Scorpio resides in your natal chart will be probably the area that needs more reviewing. So if Scorpio's like on your ascendant, well, that's representing you as an individual. And okay, so you're reviewing you and how you put yourself out in the world. If it's Scorpio um, Scorpio's like in your um, sixth house, maybe that's about your day-to-day environment. Tenth house will be career. Seventh house will be your relationships. Fourth house will be home, you know. So you can you can really start targeting where to, you know, do that review process on a deeper level. Um, secrets might come out of the closet mm. while we're in Mercury, uh, Scorpio retrograde, so that could be interesting.
1: And then what do you do with that? Yeah, it's, it's going to be... Um, an interesting couple of weeks, because I could even feel the effects of the Scorpio new moon yesterday, yes. like today's feeling really good, I mentioned that to you before, <laughs> I was like today's a good day, yesterday not so much, but um, it was almost like I felt the energy of Scorpio calling me to actually really seek internally, mm-hmm. like look at mm-hmm. where I was and what do I need to transform yeah. to become, or even to feel better than what I was, or to become even better better than where I'm at or I don't kind of know how to frame that in a way that makes me not – I don't want it to sound like I'm not happy with where I am, but I think Scorpio calls you to just look deeper to help you to come – out the other side, even better than you already are.
0: Yeah, mm. it's it absolutely, Christy. That's that's it. It's it's um. You're still, I think, what you're endeavouring to say is is the fact that you're still you. You're yeah. just a better form of you. You know, when you think about that caterpillar, um, he's a pupae, right? And he's about he/she is about to um, go into a cocoon, but he transforms, he or she transforms, mm. and comes out. You know beautiful in a lot of ways Mm. so you know emerges as the butterfly so um, Scorpio um, requires that
1: of us so. yeah it's interesting every time i talk to school, like to, to talk to the side of scorpio with yeah. you it's just it's one of those signs that always trips me up yeah. i have a lot of scorpios in my life too so <laughs> i don't know if this is a good or a bad thing right mm, it could be something yeah <laughs> but it just trips me up because it is just a, a very transformative sign and it yeah. makes mm. me re- it just almost stops me and i take a i have to take a <laughs> breath yeah.
0: yeah sensibly
1: too because it's a big job you know it's a very cathartic
0: process and it requires a lot of emotional intelligence to get out the other side unscathed.
1: Mm so interesting oh my goodness I could literally talk to you about which we do but like just to I just want to like unpack everything, everything astrology that, yeah. with you I really did want to talk today though about like what's in store for next year but yes. before we do that is there anything else that you want to touch on about astrology oh god so much oh. But maybe we should just move on to 2020 yeah. shall we actually yeah before we just before we move on to 2020 one thing is that um I'd love for you to share because you put this into perspective for me the last time I saw you and I was I think talking about challenges I can't remember if it was around planets or there was something and I was just like looking at it from a negative perspective and you just turned it around for me instantaneously into a positive I can't even remember what word you use it might have even been opportunities yeah. and that just really resonated with me as I think with star signs or zodiac like um, house placements or whatever it may be we look at it and we look at the negative because yeah. as human beings we yes. tend to do that and it's like no like what's this trying to tell me yeah. what's it trying to teach me did I yeah did I um destroy what you did say <laughs> or was that all right
0: no. no absolutely I think you articulated that really well yeah. absolutely and and that that is the main point I think when we're dealing with stressful situations and circumstances and people in our lives, we're often turning towards um, answers Mm. and we can certainly turn towards astrology to help us with that. Um, And as a tool in order to answer those difficult questions... I think that's why it's often portrayed, like you say, as quite negative because mm. we're in a negative zone. You know, we, we often, let's face it, we don't always, I mean, I do, but we, because I'm lucky enough to have the knowledge, but not everyone goes to astrology to look for the good things. Yeah. We often go to these things when we're feeling crappy, lost for direction. So. Yes, and we're looking for an out, right, mm. which is awesome. Mm. But then that does lend us to look at astrology from a negative kind of bent where we're like, oh, you know, Saturn's about to get on my sun. Oh, Mm. no, it's all doom and gloom. Well, no. (laughs) Um, Let's reframe that in a more positive way because everything is like yin and yang from a nature perspective. And so whilst there's an underbelly side, um, that very nature or quality also has... A more adjusted, so maladjusted or um, you know not functioning, versus a really well functioning adjusted side. So if we if we just think for a minute, what's the theme of this scenario? So that's the underbelly. That's not working. But there's a positive side to it as well. There's a, there's a um, yin would be seen as the dark side. Yang would be seen as um, more the light. So moon, you know, dark, mm. sunlight. So if we move more towards positive reframing, we can find how this can be put, put in a more functional expression of energy rather than the current dysfunctional yeah.
1: energy. I love that. I think it's so imperative to yeah. focus on that yeah. to help you to keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: you know, sometimes we can find that on our own. Um, mm. You know, when we sit and contemplate, you know, stare at our navels for a while, hopefully it'll come to us. But sometimes we do. We just need to reach out and, and ask for other people's advice and, and get, you know, other people's, like we were saying earlier, perspective. And, mm. and so, yeah, just knowing when
1: that, is the right time for you to do so. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, pleasure. All right, so tell us.
0: 2020.
1: What's in store for 2020? I think I'm most excited about this. Oh, because- are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a minute! I'm about to go doom de- and gloom. Oh, no, no, no! Don't that. switch off. Don't switch off. <laughs> uh, Stay we'll, listening. With with everything though, there's always trials and tribulations. You just mentioned yes. the yin and the yang, and I think that's beautiful because you can't have the positive without the negative. Yeah, because we have to learn,
0: grow, and evolve. Yeah, absolutely. And and everything is on that dimension. And without know the different levels you can't gain perspective so Mm. yeah it's it's very important okay so (laughs) the first kind of thing i guess uh heads up for 2020 for us to all to get on board with um jupiter Mm. largest planet in our solar system huge little fella um he is going from the place that he rules in Sagittarius so which he will love that. I know Yeah, and me being a Sagi love, love Jupiter in Sag. <laughs> he's all over my son at the moment so it's like yippee yay. You're like living will be life <laughs> I know, that's, it's like he only comes around every 12 years so make the most of it people. So he's about to move into the zodiac sign of Capricorn. So oh. all our Capricorn people out there okay, get ready for a big year because Jupiter Is our big planet? Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, I know. It's like, have we got any Capricorn in our chart? So if your sun's in Capricorn or your ascendant is in Capricorn, if you find your moon is in Capricorn, it's probably going to be a pretty big year for expanding and growth and just exploring new people, new cultures, you know, go overseas or pick up a a book and expand your mind, you know, read something new, um, open yourself up to new food, new culture. What's that uh, great book, Eat, Love, Pray? Oh, um, Eat, eat Pray, Love. Eat, Pray, Love. Head around the office. <laughs> I alive. love that <laughs> for some reason. I just went completely blank. blank yeah. eat, eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a really, you know, good um Storyline around how we could utilize a Jupiter transit to our suns or our moons, like those, or the ascendant for that matter. It is really time for expanding oneself, and we can all do that to some degree, but for those of us with strong capricorn in our charts then jupiter's going to spend the whole year in capricorn just really providing plenty of opportunities to to do that oh that's beautiful Our
1: capricorns will love that i know sorry yeah. <laughs> sorry
0: all the other 11 zodiac
1: signs sorry about that <laughs> yeah so because jupiter like if you were to frame up jupiter um, in a couple of words, what would they be? Oh, yes, that's – I can't do it in a couple of words. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you can so do it in a big. couple yeah, yes. <laughs> um, growth and
0: expansion. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's that's the motto for Jupiter. Um, and and uh, overcompensation, undercompensation. So Jupiter has a tendency to love to indulge and overdo things, so just be mindful of, of
1: knowing when to pull back mm. with Jupiter. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. So Jupiter kicks off the year moving into Capricorn. Yes, yes. So that yep. that's
0: a big one. Yep. Um the other one we've got that um is just only beginning next year and and will unfold actually, over the next two and a half years. Okay. And that's Saturn going into Aquarius. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So all our Aquarians, right, Yeah, um, are about... (laughs) Tough. (laughs) Uh Saturn's the policeman. Saturn Saturn is the policeman. He's a little authoritarian figure. But here's here's the deal. He really is advantageous to us because he helps us to stick to things he helps us to build things and he helps us to really be disciplined so if you're an Aquarian um, the next it it depends on um, whether you're an early Aquarian so by early Aquarian I mean you're um, born like right at the the start of um, uh, sorry end of end of January going into then Start of February. Yep. Get my months right. <laughs> Sorry, that took a minute to process. Um, so you're either born, yeah, right at right at the start of um, the time frame when the sun is actually going into Aquarius. Yep. So if you, so for instance, doing it actually, I won't do it off the top of my head. I will give you exactly what um what date i'm talking about so So, like the 21st 22nd yeah of january january yeah yeah so so now we're really fine-tuning just for those people that are born on the 20th and (laughs) 21st of january um you're going to have satin all over your son this year um 2020 and so that's a really disciplined year but then over the next two and a half years so 21 and 2022 this will be a time when all of our Aquarians will have that similar experience that those that are born around the 20, 21st of right. um, February, uh, January, sorry, uh, having this experience of, you know, be adult. <laughs> yeah, which is hard for an Aquarian be. It too. can be, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, you've got to... Pull your big panties up and you know, do something really you know, adult like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whereas the eccentric nature yes. of Aquarius yeah. probably doesn't necessarily want to do no. that either. Yeah, and, and follow the rules. Yeah, right? it's like Aquarius
0: is like so unconventional, and yeah, that's like, oh, Saturn's calling for you to you know, be a little bit more disciplined, consider what rules that you want to follow. You yeah. know, always follow the beat of your own drum, Aquarian, but hey, put down and put down
1: your own. Ground rules that you're willing to stick to, and will that show up for any just aqu- Aquarius, Sun and Aquarius, or if you've got some other prominent? planets in Aquarius will that also exactly prominent
0: planets in Aquarius so let's say you had um Venus in Aquarius then this then might because Venus is the love planet so therefore she's probably um really going to have some impacts around what are your value systems around your love life so Saturn is a planet that loves to build structure rules Mm. very disciplined Think of Saturn as kind of really like a tree that's endeavouring to put roots in the ground and anchor down. And so that's what he's trying to do. Mm. So he'll be trying to do that. If he's activating your Venus, he'll be trying to do that with your love life, mm. which might be really tricky for a Venus in Aquarius yeah. type person because it's like, oh, no, free loving me. I don't think I want to settle down. Yes, yeah, <laughs> But so it could be a time for a Venus in Aquarius person to to go into a committed relationship.
1: Ta-da. Yeah, if they're ready to fulfill that destiny, then yeah. it could work potentially yeah. in their favor.
0: Yeah, maybe they just need to find a partner who, you know, like is a... Is a um, is in the police, not in the police force, in the army or something like that. So they're always six months. Of yeah, the I was going to say something. they're not actually
1: home. Yeah.
0: perfect for our Venus in Aquarius. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, so nobody that's going to cage them in a box. Exactly, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously I, we jokes, but but yeah. that is they, they look often depending on other things in the chart. So please don't hold me to it because you mm. know it, it, it's it's the wariness of not needing to box people in, um, but. Yeah exactly Christy when somebody Mm. has their Venus in Aquarius it is probably likely that they've got a the type of relationship that allows for mental stimulation when it comes to love Um, that's who and what they're attracted to and having the you know the freedom not feeling like they're caged so so there needs to be just a lot of freedom in the relationship or a lot of Autonomy and independence, probably more accurately, in the relationship. Mm. When it comes to love, (gasps) Mm. <gasps> That's like a whole other conversation. I know. We might have to talk about
1: love, Venus. Yeah, oh I know that would be so <gasps> we could Way do that. fun. Venus and Mars. Yeah, that would be um, awesome because I think that so many people yeah. also don't necessarily um, understand like it's not so cut and dry of no. like one sign versus another. Like you need to I look know. at Mars and Venus. Yes. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So oh. it
0: goes well beyond your sun sun sign compatibility. We look at sun and moon and venus and mars and how saturn might be you know impacting on your other personal planets so yes there's a lot oh,
1: to it We can definitely i know, we I, know. Have I go, to go off on
0: tangent but there's it. more
1: for 2020 that we need to discuss yeah oh my goodness okay. yeah i know and i like how i asked you in the beginning like what's the story for 2020 it's a whole year <laughs> yes. i like just put you on the spot like what are we going to expect yes
0: what what, what? but no i mean it really is it's um it, 2020 is interesting because it's one of those years where every year we have Mercury retrograde Mm. Um, and Mercury retrogrades three times throughout the year. So about every quarter Mercury is going to retrograde like we're about to experience in November. Um, But on top of that, 2020 will also have venus retrograde and mars retrograde okay because mars only retrogrades every two years yeah, wow. and venus only retrogrades every 18 or so months so it's every other year that we tend to get venus and Mars also retrograding on top of the Mercury retrograde. So all of a sudden, this is the kind of year that we can actually do a lot more reviewing because not only do we have Mercury, our kind of communication planet doing retrograde, Mm. Venus, which is love and value systems, you know, what do you find important? What don't you find important? You know, she's going to retrograde. And it really puts us into this zone where we're looking at those kind of important areas in our lives and are they working for us or aren't they working for us Mm. and it helps us to evaluate that and work out oh maybe i need to do things differently it's almost like a very big year of expansion expansion and growth for particular signs but also looking at value systems as well as how you're taking direction in the world because mars is going to retrograde as well so That'll Sorry. be fun. Do you want me to give you the
1: dates? Oh yes, there? so Please. we can all be
0: prepped. Yeah. Okay. okay.
1: We need the dates.
0: We need. We do need the dates. We do need the dates. Okay. So, so this is kind of in a in a timeline. Um, so Mercury will start retrograding, like we know now in November. But now for 2020, yep. the next time Mercury retrogrades is going to be from the 17th of February, so okay. so let's go mid-February, till about the 10th of March. And he's going to be retrograding in the zodiac sign of Pisces. Ooh. I know. Oh. Right? Very interesting. So we'll all be away with the fairies. <laughs> so maybe mid, mid-February mid till about the first kind of week of March. We just need to all go on a holiday because we're all going to be space cadets. <laughs> um, that's
1: like the week I'm going to the, um, <gasps> the, silent, the retreat.
0: silent retreat. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It could not be better, Christy. See, you're so in sync and so in line. How good is that? It's, like, yeah. really good. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yep. <gasps> Using your mind to meditate. I mean, Mercury and Pisces, that's it. Meditation, right? Oh, God, I better be going to some level of enlightenment, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll, uh. we'll check in when we get yeah, yeah. back. <laughs> so funny. Then uh, following that, the next retrograde phase we have is Venus retrograding. Yep. Now she's going to be retrograding in the zodiac sign of Pisces. Uh, sorry, in Gemini, yep. and she does that on the thirteenth of May, and yep. she's going to be retrograding till the twenty-fifth of June. So, wow. so she retrogrades for about eight six, to, yeah, six to eight weeks yeah. exactly. So she's she's in that phase for quite some time.
1: Okay, and is there is there a shadow period for the other planets retrograding like Mercury? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. And the shadow period basically just means that the planet's slowing down. I mean, it, okay. let's face it, it doesn't literally slow down yeah. out there in the world. Let's let, but it's it's a phenomenon. It's where from our visual eye, um, so this is the ancients observed these um, phenomenons that weren't actually happening in the sky but it appeared as if from Earth that these planets were slowing down because it's like when you stop at the stoplights, I always kind of explain retrograde phases like this. You know how sometimes you can be stopped at the stoplight and you've got your foot on the brake, but if another car moves beside you, because it's moving faster and you're stationary, it feels like your car's moving. Have you ever had that experience? So that's kind of how I describe Mercury Ah. retrograde. It it feels as if it's happening, but it's actually really not happening. Um, And that is how we're kind of describing this phenomenon that appears as if a planet's slowing down, but that's just because of our orbital. Cycles, planets are moving faster and slower. So when a faster planet moves past a slower moving planet, it appears as if that other planet is going retrograde and moving backwards when they're not. Mm. Anywho, I digress. Mm. (laughs) More importantly, um, the Venus in Gemini is going to retrograde from that mid May to the basically end of June and that shadow period that you were talking about is generally a week or so beforehand as it appears like it's slowing down and then it's stationary and then it's moving backwards and then that shadow period is a week after as well.
1: and is Venus like being... I can't remember if... Oh, in Gemini? Yeah, in Gemini. Not really. Not really. No. No. I mean,
0: it, it's not an unfavorite position, okay. but I wouldn't say it's one of her favourite positions either. Okay. So, I mean, she's chatty yeah. in Gemini. Okay. So I think that's what it points towards. When Venus is in Gemini retrograding, she's saying, hey, let's review okay. our communication levels in relationships
1: so nice such a good way of putting it
0: yeah yeah so you might find during kind of you know may june that the focus if not for yourself other people around you because venus may or may not be activating your chart significantly and if she's not you might skate you know you might breeze through that you skate through it where and but all your girlfriends and people around you are coming to you going oh my god i've got these relationship issues so you probably find there'll be an influx of that energy around um during that kind of may june um period
1: so that's good because that can help anybody just to take note of that, yeah. and it could be personal relationships, prof- professional relationships, exactly. just having a more of an awareness around you yeah. of how that's playing out. Yeah, anywhere where you're valuing your
0: communication mm. with somebody, or or mixed messages are going across, right? Mm. You know, one person's saying one thing and the other person's interpreting it a different way, and you have a blow up at work or in your relationship or family member, and really then focus less on the blow-up and more on, wow, how can I improve my communication levels so that I can minimise the fallout of these
1: kinds of situations. Mm, Because especially with Gemini too, it's like there could be a, like you need to be on the same page. And I think with Gemini, sometimes it's like going from one thing to the other and you've got to be really quick. And if that's not something that comes naturally to you, you could feel like you're a little bit in the dark in that relationship totally mm.
0: Interesting.
1: yeah okay. keep keep up keep up with our aries and our gemini yeah i know <laughs> come Rob. on snap
0: your fingers yeah. keep going <laughs> so good okay awesome uh then we yeah. have yeah i was Merc- like I know. at your you've got a few of them I, I, just just three more i Pete, love it so hang in there three more i love it um, mercury in cancer Ah, it's going to be retrograding. Yes, yeah, oh, so that could be a little emotional. I know. See, Mercury's going to retrograde through all our water water signs. That's what Mercury does. Mercury is when he retrogrades throughout the year, is always going to retrograde through a, a certain element of signs.
1: Oh my God, makes sense. So, based yes. on the zodiac placements. Yes, I never exactly. even
0: knew that. I know it's amazing. See, his stuff just comes through all the time. Oh,
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So
0: all that. So so Mercury is endeavouring to review all our emotional signs because all water signs. <laughs> are all about our emotions, right? Which is tricky because Mercury's all about the brain and the head, right? He's all about thoughts and, and thinking.
1: Doesn't and like being the it, water sign no, I would imagine. No, not at
0: all, because it's like, oh my god, how do I now communicate effectively how I Feel. Feel, yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't come naturally. Doesn't necessarily, no, because Mercury is a lot more cerebral. Mm. It's, you know, flitting around, flying around. Mm.
1: Okay.
0: So, yeah, so cancer, and that's particularly probably tricky because cancer, you know, it's that water sign. It can be quite, yeah, it's ruled by the moon. It can be, you know, a switch up of emotions quite quickly as well. So that could be potentially a little bit of a tricky one to navigate, and that's from the 18th of June to...
1: The eleventh of July. Mm, Okay, so to take note of to review. Our emotions.
0: Review our emotions, our emotional security. How yep. safe do yeah. we feel? Okay, safety, or not? security, yeah. cancer. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Are we nurturing ourselves? Mm. You know, how well are we nurturing ourselves? Are we communicating our emotional needs with other people? Because remembering it's Mercury, so mm. it is about sharing and passing on the information. And that's why it can get a bit tricky for us because not all of us are necessarily able to say this is how i feel we we feel our feelings but how often do we actually articulate them how often do we say hey i'm feeling sad or i'm happy we're just crying and remove ourselves but no one might know how sad we are unless we verbalize it so i think mercury through these water signs actually really helps to give us an opportunity to verbalize how we feel
1: which i think is so imperative today Mm. like uh more than ever before is having the courage to Vocalize like how you're feeling or If you don't have all your shit together Is yeah. actually being able to you know yeah. Share that with others to help them To support you when you need it the most Absolutely Because yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think sometimes too like um, Maybe when I was younger or I've seen This show up with people I work with is I think we sometimes expect everyone around us to be mind readers. Yes, exactly. And they're not. Yeah, and, and particularly our partners, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm not in a relationship right now. <laughs> but, like, you know, we do. We expect, especially, well, I don't even want to get into a relationship. Yeah. I think that's another, like, that's another That's being a man and later, woman. Yeah. you know. Like, oh, I think yeah. we just operate so differently too. We definitely need to do, do oh. it. If anyone's interested, let us know. Yeah. That's my whole research area. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> to see very many people like um, definitely sliding up into my DMs and then comments <laughs> asking about relationships because I think that's a really big one is yeah, with compatibility and, yes. and how do you communicate more effectively with your partner yeah. and, you know huge. I think having just having that level of understanding is huge yeah, mm,
0: yeah. okay, too, too. So okay. Um, and then after that phase in September so from the 9th of September to the 13th of November we have Mars retrograde so all of September all of October and halfway through November. So Mars retrogrades for a good couple of months. He really – because he only does it every yeah. couple of years. So he's like, I'm, I'm going to hang out here for a while. Which Mars is our, like,
1: planet of action and how we yes. assert ourselves. Yes. So what's he retrograding
0: in? He's retrograding in the sign that he rules, Aries. Oh, shit. I know. Full on, right? It oh, is. <laughs> good luck to us all. Ah. Yeah. So, you know – Potentially that could slower time. A slower time which could actually aggravate people because yeah. Mars just like you say, Mars wants to go. It's yeah. just like let's let's get jiggy with it. Let's do it, right? Mm. And then in the sign of Aries, it's a double whammy because Aries is short, sharp, <laughs> quick, let's get on with it you know, not second-guessing anything, often not thinking, let's just go. So the green light's on when Mars is in Aries and it's a quick start. So the fact that he's retrograding potentially makes for a lot of frustration, agitation, all the way to probably quite, you know, strong anger. Mm. Um depending on how emotionally intelligent we are mm-hmm. um, yeah you know have we got good strategies how fed up of things are we at the moment and and so yeah that could be a real it'd be interesting to observe you know i think it's always it's like you saying before having insight with astrology helps to give us the heads up to be more prepared yeah. and then we can be more witnesses of it happening around us and endeavor not to buy into it yeah um, as in that kind of dysfunctional expression of mars in angry where i'm just getting pissed off and so i'm going to rant and Brave, mm. So futile. I mean, it, it expends frustration, but actually, a lot of research shows us when we when we rage. So when we say that we're angry um it's actually um recursive and that basically means it doesn't stop the more angry we get the angrier we get
1: which would make sense because you're almost it's like stoking a fire it is
0: exactly like stoking a fire Mm. and so there's a certain element of kind of like we're saying before it's like say hey i'm really upset but then start reframing as quickly as you can and start working on just allowing that emotion without doing anything with it and then moving more to the kind of positive reframing around, okay, so how do I utilise this time when I'm being held back? Because I often describe a Mars retrograde phase as um, I've got my foot full on the accelerator, the accelerator is to the floor, the handbrake is on babe, you are going nowhere. (laughs) So, So let's just back up a little bit and think, how can I utilize my time when things are on hold? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, that just might mean I'll go back through the file cabinet, I'll recheck the plan, have I have I you know cross-checked all the things that I need to do? So it's more preparatory for then the time that you'll be able to move forward on things. So just make sure you've got all your ducks in a row per se, go back over things until, so that's from um, mm. the start of September, until basically mid-November. So you'll probably find anything that you're being blocked from during that time peace out yeah <laughs> you know relax okay, baby you know if you know hey this is, is it probably going to move forward till mid-november i'm just going to put it on ice i'm going to put it on the shelf for a minute mm. and i'll come back to it okay, later okay yeah it's okay way less frustrating Mm. okay that's good that's good that's really insightful the very very last one we have got to watch out for (laughs) in 2020 (laughs) this is my last gift (laughs) i love (laughs) these gifts (laughs) they just keep coming uh is mercury retrograde again so this is his, his third one for the year and he will be retrograding just like he is now in Scorpio again. So we'll all have the heads up of exactly what that's like in the next um, two, three weeks. Uh, he will be retrograding in Scorpio from the 14th of October to the 2nd of November, which kind of sucks, but it's also good because it's done together with the Mars retrograde. So when yeah, you think okay. about Mars is already retrograding yeah. starting in September, so mid October through to the start of November, Mercury's going to be retrograding while Mars is retrograding. So that could be the really problematic... Like, if ever there's going to be a problematic phase, that's the one where, that we need to have the heads up on and just not potentially engage in any... Um, aggravating kind of you know just like road rage you know somebody pulling a finger and then somebody jumps out of the car you know just just really those overreactions and how productive are they really being so being consciously aware that there's a potentiality that those individuals that aren't really thinking before acting um you want to remove yourself from those kinds of environments if you're witness to
1: that because it's not going to be pretty probably under those kinds of energies Mm, it's interesting because i when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, that shows up in our lives any, in our life anyway. But when we have yes. that energy around us, it just makes us so much more reactionary than we probably need to, to be. be. And it's like yes. knowing when to take a breath or exactly. use a practice that works for you to help you to know that it's okay. Yeah. And things are showing up, maybe not just because of you, but of what's happening out in the sky as well.
0: Exactly. exactly. It's like, oh,
1: okay, let me get with the program. And it's not like blaming the planet or the retrograde because no. I think people can fall into that oh, yeah, too t- where they're like, I'm just going to blame the <laughs> yeah, retrograde. It's like, oh, I can do my rant and rave now. <laughs> yeah, but it's like just taking notice of it and yeah. not working with the energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: let's get it being far more productive for mm. us.
1: That's so beautiful and insightful, Narelle. That like, it's it gives. I think it gives all of us this really great framework for what 2020 can look like, and also how we can use the energy to our advantage. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to be different for everybody with their natal chart and exactly. what planet placements are showing up for yeah. them, and you know how prominent they are as well. But it just gives us some key dates to look out for. Uh,
0: absolutely, Sorry, absolutely. You couldn't have said it better that there's going to be some of us who this impacts on us much more because it's activating our chart and others of us that will go oh my God, I'm watching this unfold yeah. outside of me. Thank God it's not activating my chart. Just kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, and even when you were talking about that too, I was thinking, because um, I've had a few questions lately on the planet Chiron, and I was like thinking, mm. we haven't spoken about that, and that might have to be another conversation <laughs> as well. That's the thing with astrology. It's mm. like there's so much to decipher, and there's yeah. so many different ways you can take it, and that's the beautiful yeah. thing about it. It's like a... It's a lifelong journey. It my, I I
0: I've changed it to lifetimes now. Yeah, well it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. I hope I hope when I come back, if I'm coming back, <laughs> they reckon they'll let you, you back. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. With this lifetime, I think they think I'm probably a little bit like, I've, I've probably uh, pushed the limits in some areas of my oh, life. I don't think so. But anymore. if they let me back, I hope they can let me bring astrology back into my next oh, lifetime. Sure. Yeah, I think it's an additive for mm, sure. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, so, where can everybody find you? Like, where can people work with you? Where can if people want to get a reading? Yeah. Like, you know, what is um because I know I'm really lucky to have you kind of on tap at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But um, if anybody's listening that may want to yeah. work with you in some capacity, yeah, yeah, I'd love it if you could share that norel. Yeah, absolutely. Thank thank you for asking.
0: Um, I'm I, I try and make myself as available as as possible, which means you. If you're not kind of living in my vicinity on the Gold Coast, uh, then uh, you can always find me online. So you can find me on my website, www.astrologyreading.com.au. So... If you want to learn more about astrology, I not only do kind of tutoring and teaching in person, but I also do it on Skype. So, you know, it's kind of like being in person anyway. So it wouldn't matter where you live, um, both nationally and internationally for that matter. You can tap in, which I think we're just so lucky with our mm. technology nowadays that, that provides such accessibility. So that's that's awesome. So um, and I also, if, if you um, want to find me on Facebook as well, I'm, I'm there under Narelle's
1: Astrology as well so you can find me there beautiful and you do an array of different readings and can really help guide somebody in the right direction when it comes to them understanding or deciphering their sole purpose. And yeah, ab-
0: absolutely. Um, if you're not interested in learning more about astrology and just like, yeah, I haven't got enough time for that one, just tell me what's in my chart, absolutely, I'd love to read your chart and and we can, um, you know, collaborate together to understand what your chart is endeavouring, what kind of messages your chart's trying to deliver to you, but then also looking at, just like we did with 2020, um, personalising that a lot more and going okay this is your chart and this is how 2020 is personally going to impact on on you and we can also do that as well
1: yeah beautiful i love that because it just just gives you so much insight Mm. and i have one more question for you before we wrap up okay what are you most excited about over the next 12 months
0: oh my gosh i am actually really excited about my research Mm -hmm. um uh, continuing to work with, with people and, and helping them I think is always my kind of call in life my calling in life is is helping people navigate um, any tricky kind of areas and just reach their potential and get more out of life that that's really my mission and what I'm here to do so um, in as, as part of that Uh, What I'm researching at the moment is looking at the interplay of particular um, strategies that we can implement that can actually help us communicate better in relationships and particularly when we're dealing with, you know, um, your partner leaving the toothpaste, you know, know, those little niggly things all the way through to more conflict um, and larger relationship problems that, that could, you know, end the relationship looking at better strategies that really help to equip us to deal with those and have more relationship satisfaction so my research um, is entering into that even more i've already kind of put one, one study together and has some really interesting data on that and it looking really fruitful that the strategies that i'm going to recommend people will work um, and uh, so just continuing on that research over the next couple of years
1: so watch this space <laughs> oh that's so beautiful Beautiful. And I just think that that is just something that adds so much value to the world today as we move into this digital age and yes. everything's misinterpreted and, yes. you know, we talk in emojis. <laughs> yes. And, yes. You know, yes, exactly. There'd be so many layers to that, so it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Pleasure. Uh, and thank you for not only sharing that, but all of your knowledge and wisdom with us all today um, and giving us all a really beautiful... Um, perspective of not just astrology but helping to navigate life because I think that that's all that as human beings we're trying to do is how Mm. can we be a better person and how can we navigate this life far more effectively too true thanks so much for listening to this episode if you like what you hear then please rate review and subscribe We you love to listen or you can connect with me via social at bound for beauty And that's beauty with an E. I'll see you next time.